Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, May 23rd. Our top story today, there are calls for a voluntary code of practice to be set up for people who own holiday lets in Whitstable. It's amid concerns the town is losing its community due to the number of properties being rented out to tourists. Dozens of people have been at a meeting to express their concerns. Jonathan Hollow lives in the centre of Whitstable next to a holiday let. Well, I've lived in Whitstable since 2006. I'm right in the centre and when I moved in, I had... Um, long-term neighbours each side of my terraced house. Um, One side it was owned, the other side it was long-term rental. And now one side is a second home and the other side is a holiday rental property on short lets. So the owner of the holiday rental property has been very considerate in response to the requests I've made of him. Um, But obviously he's not there all the time. He can't legislate for the behaviour of everybody who passes through his house. So I think it's... um, you know, you, you do get more noise, you get a little bit, conf- bit of confusion, you get people knocking on your door, you know, seeing if you can help them with a lost key or whatever. And um, sometimes there are problems with the bins being left out on a, on a street where the pavement is narrow and the, there's no t- um, garden in front of the terraced houses. Um, so all these are kind of incidental nuisances, but I think generally see, having this feeling that you know fewer of your neighbours is resulting in a deterioration of the life of community in Whitstable. It must be quite concerning. So another gentleman here was saying that the lack of community is actually becoming a real problem. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I think that is what I was hearing in this meeting that a lot of people are concerned about. Um, I do think we do need tourists in Whitstable and we need to, to have a happy way of living with tourism. I mean, personally, I would like to see Canterbury City Council immediately introduce a voluntary code of practice that owners could sign up to that set very high standards for neighbourliness and maybe there would be a sticker in the window saying I'm so and so, I own this property, you can contact me on this number and I've signed up to this code of practice with these key points and then I think there might be a little bit of um, self-regulation and neighbourliness that could be in advance of any government regulation. So you're not anti-Airbnb, you're just sort of like pro-balancing it out? I am. I mean, I should say that um, a while back I owned properties in Italy and I let them out as holiday rentals. Um, But I was obsessed with making sure that the neighbours were not disturbed. And I communicated it in every way possible to people letting. And for example, I wouldn't um, allow a television or a hi-fi or anything that would make any noise in the house. There were just books. And, you know, some people, when they were uh, approaching me for rental, would say, well, what, what do you mean you haven't got a television? It's like, it's for the sake of the neighbours. Well, that was a while back. Um, so, But I think I know a thing or two about it from both sides. Green councillor Claire Turnbull is keen for some action to be taken. It's a massively emotional issue. And, and I think the main point was one which one or two people made. It's about the community and it's about what, what the, um, this situation, the short-term holiday lets, is doing to the community of Whitstable. What was a really close-knit, really vibrant town is becoming um, hollowed out by um, holiday lets taking over sort of uh, pe- homes, um, homes that were um, inhabited by say young families uh, with children going to local schools and um, they've now it's becoming 
you know they're just empty or they're or they're people coming and going and um, it's you don't know who your neighbours are you don't have neighbours it's really driving people out of the town which is desperately sad uh, and also people who want to stay in the town who've always lived here can't find rental properties or they can't afford um, they can't afford uh, to buy because the prices have gone up so high so it's really destroying Whitstable as it was um, and the fear is that it will turn in summer like in St Ives which is obviously or, or Padstow places which have already been completely taken over by the uh, tourist industry um, we, we value the tourist industry in Whitstable. It does contribute to the economy. We, we, we you know, we, we recognise that. All the people there tonight recognise that. But the balance has got to be kept between keeping a town which is alive and vibrant and having um, and being able to support the tourist industry as well. So where do we go from here? Well, I'm going to complete the um, consultation. Um, and the good thing is now I'm, I've got the information of from the local people behind me to, to add to, to my comments, which is really valuable. Um, so it can be you know, quite representative of the situation in Whitstable. But also, as I say, the council is due to set up a working group on this issue. The council's recognising this is an important issue for Whitstable, which is great. And um, I think we've raised the profile of, of this issue locally. Um, and you heard people um, in there saying how much they appreciate that and how glad they are that this is being addressed. So that's where I'm, I'm going next. I'm going to make sure that they deliver on, on this working group and they, they certainly take the issue seriously as it needs to be taken um, and see what can be done in the, in the meantime before legislation comes in. Is there anything that can be done? What's being done in other towns uh, in this country? And is that working? And is it something that we could, we could do locally? Is there anything we can do to, to help alleviate these problems that, that people are, are suffering from? Also making news today, concerns have been raised over a care home in Hearn Bay after a woman claimed her grandmother was left lying in her bed for 18 hours after her death. Staff at Hearn Place were aware that the 105-year-old had passed away, but an administrative error led to the long delay. It follows a number of other reports that were made to the Care Quality Commission, which downgraded the facility to requires improvement earlier this year. The deceased's family are preparing to launch their own separate complaint. Kent Online reports. Two men have been attacked during an attempted robbery in Paddock Wood near Tunbridge. They were asked for a lighter by a group of people at the junction between Maidstone Road and Commercial Road on Saturday. The suspects assaulted both victims and tried to steal a saw one was carrying. A 19 and 21-year-old have since been arrested and released on bail. A court's heard how a woman caught stealing from a Wilco store in Ramsgate kicked a security guard so hard she left her trainer footprint on his forehead. Faye Butterfield lashed out when she and her accomplice were confronted by staff in January the 40-year-old admitted three offences and will be sentenced in August. Meanwhile, Jordan Best, who's 37 and from Alma Road in Sheerness, is due to be sentenced next week. Police are investigating after a group of school children were approached by a motorist in Maidstone. The driver of a black Mercedes stopped in Woolley Road and asked the group what they were doing before approaching one of the children and taking photos. It was last seen driving away. The car is described as having tinted windows and a registration plate, which started with a Y and included a 6 Anyone with information is urged to come forward. A man who hit his girlfriend in the head with a plastic cocktail jug on a night out in Dartford has avoided being sent straight to prison. Alice Hall was left covered in blood after suffering a cut above her eye at the Clipper last December. Kyle Newman from Arbrook Close in St Paul's Cray, Orpington, has been given a suspended sentence and ordered to do 240 hours of unpaid work. 
Kent Online reports. A man who attacked a woman in a dark alleyway in Canterbury has been sent to a psychiatric hospital. The 47-year-old, who has paranoid schizophrenia, followed the woman for about 20 minutes before grabbing her from behind on a path near Beaconsfield Road. He'll only be released when a mental health tribunal are satisfied he poses no harm. At Kent Online, you can see the moment a bin lorry mounts the pavement, narrowly missing pedestrians in Sandwich. Dashcam footage shows the truck driving along Moat Sol before turning onto Cattle Market, the back wheels cutting across the footpath. There were no reported injuries. Residents say the corner is dangerous. Campaigners have criticised a decision by the government to block the release of information on ministerial discussions about new grammar schools. It's been a controversial issue in Kent as there's a shortage of spaces and Liz Truss was looking into how to create more during her briefs spell as Prime Minister. The Department of Education says disclosing the details is not in the public interest and could have a corrosive impact on policymaking. Now, a petition to save the Tovel Recycling Centre has reached more than 800 signatures. It comes after it was announced the site on Burial Ground Lane near Maidstone could potentially be closed as Kent County Council looked to cut costs. The petition has been launched by the Greens. Maidstone Rep Stuart Jeffrey says now is not the time to be compromising on recycling. I think it's a real retrograde step. We've got um, a series of emergencies. Um, some of those are connected with pollution, waste, um, and so forth. And we need to be tackling those. So taking away um, a facility that helps people recycle um, and 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 take allows people to take their um, their household waste to a place where they can get. It, where it can be um, turned into into other stuff um, is is fundamentally wrong. It's going to increase fly tipping. Um, it's also going to increase the amount of driving across the town to the other um, waste recycling site in Allington. Um, if anybody knows this town, you know you've got to cross the river, and there are very few points where you can cross the river. And it gets very congested. So it's going to add to the town's congestion and it's going to add to fly tipping. We see this as a as a retrograde step. Yeah, and as I mentioned, there has been a lot of strength of feeling about this. I know there's a campaign underway in Dartford as well to try and keep their tip open. And um, this petition in Tovel has now had more than 700 signatures. Does that show how deeply people care about this? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you'll find there's a, a fairly strong feeling on uh, amongst councillors across across the borough as well. Um, I haven't found anyone yet who, who who wants to see it closed. Um, so so I think there is a very, very strong local um, concern about this t- the, the, the recycling centre going. Absolutely. I know there are a few options the council are considering, you know, certain ones closing, certain ones maybe closing on certain days of the week. Um, would that be like a compromise you'd be able to get behind them being open some days and closed others? No, no, not at all. I don't think we, we should be compromising on recycling. Um, we, we need to minimise waste at source, clearly, but actually we need to, um, for that waste that we can't re, um, we can't reduce, we need to be able to recycle it. So so I don't think we should be compromising um, on, on, on waste. Um, there is a an environmental and an ecological crisis unfolding us, uh, around us. The last thing we should be doing is, is accepting compromises. You can find details on how to sign the petition at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. New plans have been submitted to double the number of homes on a site around a garden centre near 
Canterbury. A total of 19 homes could be built on the unused land either side of Preston Garden Centre after a second submission was made earlier this month. However, there are concerns over what the impact the additional houses would have on parking and traffic flow. Dozens of residents have complained about plans for a new 5G mast near their homes in Maidstone. It's due to be installed on Derringwood Drive in Downswood by the 3 Network to help improve coverage. People living nearby are worried it'll knock thousands of pounds off the value of their properties. A Kent mum says she was left in tears after her epileptic daughter suffered a seizure in public and no one stopped to help. Emma Appleby was on her own at a shopping centre with Tegan. She had to pull her daughter out of her wheelchair and place her on the ground to recover. She's now using Epilepsy Awareness Week this week to try to educate the community on what they could do to help. We were actually um, out shopping at a large shopping centre um, in Essex and Tegan actually had a really aggressive tonic-clonic seizure while we were in the middle of this store. And I was on my own with her and it's not very often I venture out on my own very far because of her seizures. But I was feeling brave and I was thinking, you know, I've got to do it at some point. So I did. Um, and yeah, so we were walking around the store and she went into a, a big tonic-clonic. So she, her seizures present um, quite suddenly and aggressively when a tonic-clonic, she'll just like bend in half, her arms will fly out and then her eyes will roll. Um, and in her, when she's in her wheelchair, she has a harness on. So the first thing we have to do is make sure her neck isn't being pressed by her harness. So the first thing we do is under her harness, and if safe, if safe, I will basically roll her out of her wheelchair onto the floor and lay her on her side. Um, so it was getting longer and longer, and I was thinking I need to get her out because her breathing's changing. So again, I'm on my own, quite far away from home, and I'm getting myself a little bit... I was really upset because I thought I don't like doing this on my own. Plus, I'm in a very public place, but I have to do this for her. So I got her out and I laid her on the floor. And again, I'm in the middle of it was like I was in the middle of IKEA. You know, it was it's a big store and lots of people were in there. And I was crying, and Tegan was very having a very noisy seizure, and not one person stopped. Not one person asked if I was okay. Two members of staff walked past me and completely ignored me. And now like, you couldn't have missed me. I left my I left the wheelchair in the middle of the walkway and then it was empty. And then there was me and Tegan laying on the floor. So it's quite obvious that something was wrong. And obviously I was crying. Um, and eventually one lady, after about, I think it's about six, seven minutes, a member of public stopped and said to me, are you okay? And after that, I was just like, no, I'm not okay. You know, there was no one asking you if you're okay and it's the worst thing they could do. But I actually felt better because they went and got a member of staff for me. They got they took us to the first aid room for Tegan to have some privacy and obviously to recover from her seizure. But I then, I thought to my, well, at first I was really angry that nobody stopped. And then when I thought about it, I thought to myself, people would be scared of what to, what to say, what to do. So again, I, I use our platform for making people um, comfortable in these situations and advising them what to do and what to say because I as a parent with a thought of epilepsy just a are you okay is anything you need is so important to me because if I've only got one pair of hands and I'm looking after her if I need someone to ring an ambulance or something to be done that would be amazing if somebody else just say can I do anything for you you know, you're not interfering, you're not getting in my way, just ask me for anything, that'd be 
Brilliant. You can follow Tegan's story on social media through help for Tegan. Kent Online reports. A woman has criticised a local parking company for being cold-hearted after receiving a £100 fine for stopping in a retail park while her husband felt unwell. Lynn Butcher's husband, Henry, was driving the pair to their home near Ashford when he took a turn. Concerned they may have to call an ambulance, the pair pulled into Ashford Retail Park in Sevington to take a break. They stayed for 27 minutes. Lynn says it was pitch black and she was more concerned about her husband's health than reading parking signs. We were just popping out and... We only live around the back. We were just popping out and uh, my husband all of a sudden had a bit of a funny turn and he didn't feel, he was driving, didn't feel safe to drive. So this was the nearest place. We pulled straight into here and we pulled up into this car park. Um, It was pitch black. Um, Didn't think about looking at signs or anything like that. And uh, we waited. for him to see how he was going to be. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to be calling an ambulance even, you know, because I didn't know what was happening. Uh, But then he recovered. We were only here for 27 minutes and then went went home. We went straight home. Um, And it was a month later that we received this, uh, this parking fine that we didn't know anything about. So how did it make you feel when you saw that come through your letterbox? Well, I was quite shocked because um, I know that the car park is for three hours only when you're shopping. It was a Sunday evening. It was just after half past six. Uh, We'd only been here for 27 minutes. Um, I, I didn't even think about looking at signs or anything to say what it said. Obviously, I would assume you can't park here overnight, which of course we weren't doing. But we, for his, for the safety, we came in here to see how, uh, how he was, and it made me, and it, and I thought it was really disgusting. First of all, I was like, oh, but there was an appeal process, so I thought, right, we'll go through that. And so I, uh, so we um, appealed. We, well, I actually came here the very next day uh, from receiving and took photos and um, there was just black bin sacks all over over them so I couldn't verify what their parking was. When you were here, I suppose to be checking the signs was the last thing you were even thinking I wasn't about. even thinking about signs. I really, really didn't think about signs. Didn't even occur to me to think about signs. I mean, my, my thought was my husband. As I said before, we nearly lost him to COVID. Uh, and uh, he, he has become, and, and since then he's been a very unwell man. So the worries that we, the worries I have over his health anyway, and my own health as well now, also through COVID, um, we don't, didn't need this extra expense, extra worry. Mr and Mrs Butcher appealed the fine, but it was rejected. They've since paid a reduced penalty of £60. Parking rules at the retail park have now been changed. A village near Maidstone is bracing itself for more than two months of disruption after a gas company announced road closures for main replacements. Ware Street in Bearstead is to be shut from Monday, June 26, with work not sent to be complete until September 4, but it is expected to cause wider disruption as the road is a major link between the A249 
9 and the A20. It comes as local bosses have been criticised for not attending a public consultation meeting about the closure of a road near Maidstone. Upper Street through Leeds Village will be closed for six months starting next month, but it's lack of a representative from Kent County Council at the information session that caused the most upset. Residents say it was an insult to the village. Council say they were in a meeting about the plans at the same time. Sticking with travel news and traffic experts are predicting the busiest late May bank holiday since before the pandemic, which could cause long delays on Kent's roads. The RAC reckon drivers across the country are planning a total of more than 19 million leisure car trips over this coming weekend. Operation Brock is already in force on the M20 to try and deal with any cross-channel disruption at Dover and Folkestone. Kent Online reports. The owner of the fish market in Whitstable that burnt down in a devastating blaze last year has been described as gentle and fun-loving following his sudden death. Peter Bennett also ran the Crab and Winkle restaurant in the town and had recently returned from a trip to Arizona. His wife says he changed the town for the better, but his heart had been broken by the loss of the business. A popular chip shop, which has been in Maidstone Town Centre for more than 50 years, has closed. Deep Blue, near the corner of Union Street and Week Street, is now boarded up. Residents say it's very sad, but the business has not been busy since the pandemic. It's been confirmed another branch of Cafe Nucleus will open in Medway in September. A building in Raynham High Street is currently being converted into a diner and art gallery. It'll be their fourth site with the others in Rochester and Chatham. And Hollywood star Elizabeth Moss has been spotted filming in Canterbury. The actress who found fame in The West Wing, Mad Men and Handmaid's Tale was seen in the Buttermarket shooting scenes for a new series, The Veil. Kent Online Sports. EasyJet's facing criticism after an under-15s rugby team from Edenbridge was left stranded in Gibraltar. A group of 19 children went out there to play in their first international match, but their flight home was cancelled. Parents and the manager struggled to rebook and eventually had to pay more. The airlines apologised and blamed the disruption on bad weather. They're going to reimburse the extra costs. That's all from us today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.